turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And behold, Hour 3 of Backbone Radio is here and now on this September 25th, 2022. So honored that your ears would be near this live radio broadcast out of Denver, Colorado. Denver's talk leader, Salem, Denver, 710 AM KNUS. And I've got to talk about life in American prison. Life in prison. You might not realize it, fellow American, fellow Coloradoan, but you are living in a prison. You might not be able to quite touch your prison bars or exactly see your prison bars, but I would submit to you that you are in a prison, whether you know it or not. And I'll describe why. Why I say this. And I was struck by a quote I happened to cross this week by a European philosopher named Ernst Junger, J-U-N-G-E-R, quote, Slavery can be increased significantly by giving it the appearance of freedom. And I think many of us are not quite aware of the full extent of our incarceration, of the full extent of our servitude because we are given illusions we are given the illusion of choices we are flattered by media by advertisements by propaganda that know exactly how to psychologically flatter us that we have choices and that that we have freedoms we um we constantly see the people that are controlling the prison system the prison guards the prison enforcers using these nice buzzwords like democracy and the Constitution and freedom and so forth, while the enemies of democracy, of course, are called fascists and other bad terms. And we have these terms that make us think that we want to be the good people. We don't want to be the bad people. But you think about the prison system that this country is, the state-controlled media, the rampant censorship. Oh, man, if you dissent, if you disagree with the regime, well, you're off of Twitter. You're off of Facebook. Your thoughts don't ever get to see the light of day on a major network where those areas are patrolled rigidly. The window of acceptable discourse is controlled very, very rigidly. By the ruling class, I shall call them. By the power people, I shall call them. They do not want you to exercise like freedom of thought, freedom of conscience. But the thing about it is in this country is that um, more and more people are being encouraged to be prison guards, the guards of the prison. And their propaganda that they receive on a round-the-clock daily basis encourages them to want to step up and do their duty and be the prison guard. You get more perks if you're on the outside, right? If you're a guard, if you're a prison guard. 
if you can essentially work for the prison authorities, yeah, that's where the perks come from. That's where your good self-esteem comes from because you're pro-democracy. You're pro-constitution. You're not like one of those bad fascist people that disagrees with what the ruling regime has to say about this or that issue. You want to feel good about yourselves, right? You want to feel good as freedom erodes in this country, our economy imploding. We have a regime on top that says, if you disagree with us, yeah, you're, you're a terrorist. You're worse than the 9-11 bin Laden types. You are essentially a fascist. We are living in a dark time of propaganda, of mass neurosis, of what I've done a few shows on, mass formation psychosis. But it starts to occur to me, you know, as they criminalize the political opposition, that's, that's Biden's last gasp. The ruling class on top, I mean, they look, they see what happens in Italy today. They're going to get even more freaked out. They're going to have to crack down even harder on dissent in this country because they know the people do not love the current crop of freak leaders that have ruined the economy, ruined domestic policy, ruined foreign econ- the foreign policy. They're going to dig deeper. They're going to punish ever harder. It's only going to get worse. They're going to put extra walls on that prison. They're going to try to hire more guards to patrol that prison. It is amazing to me that so many commentators out there, like they want to be prison guards. They want to enforce the laws of the regime. They want to crack down on dissent as well. They think it's like their duty. They feel good about themselves if they crack down on dissent. They don't want to be those bad people, right? Amazing how when you see that. But then you start thinking about are we achieving that point of inversion in this country? And just thinking about this, that what if, you know, the prison guards are not the ones who are free? What if the prison guards do not have free minds? They don't have free conscience, but they're, in fact, you know, uh, brainwashed, propagandized, thinking that they are the free ones where they might technically be free in body if they are not in prison But yet, what if they are the ones who are the most unfree? What if the prison guards are the least free amongst us, but somehow their head is spun around enough that they think they are the ones that are more free, and they can't quite see (laughs) what lies in front of their very eyes, what, what is in front of their very noses as they look forward into the prison that America is becoming and they who want to help enforce the tyranny of the regime on top. But what if, yeah, the prison guards are unfree. They might be more free bodily, but less free mentally. But what if the people in prison are the ones that have the free minds and the freedom of conscience, and but not free in body? I don't know. I'm just thinking about these things and puzzling these things through. Like, what if... You know, you get the full inversion where the people inside the prison locked up are the free ones. And the people outside of the prison, the prison guards are the ones who are actually unfree, the ones who are actually locked up, the ones who actually know not what they do. And we are heading in that direction. I think that's part of why you saw this big thunderclap in Italy today with the first female Italy first prime minister just elected 
is that the, the, the masses are getting a sense of this, of something along these lines, of, of some of the things that I am saying, that they're kind of realizing, hey, you know, I mean, look at this, the people on top and the way they behave and the way they, they censor and they shut everybody down who disagrees with them and the way they want higher taxes to grow their bureaucracies so the bureaucracies can target the people more and limit the freedom and the liberty of the people more and build bigger and better prisons and put prison walls while they enforce the wide open borders and the rampant flow of illegal immigration from all around the world into these societies. But maybe it's just kind of a thought exercise here to think about that, that what if we are getting to the point where the people outside the prison right now are the ones who are not free and the people on the inside of the prison are the ones who actually are free. And I guess that's what the definition of a tyranny would be, would it not? I guess that's what the definition of a gulag would be. You've read your Solzhenitsyn, I've read my Solzhenitsyn. And I hate to say it, but I, I see our country heading in this direction. And Biden's Red Devil speech brought it home, but it's all the years of round-the-clock propaganda from CNN and MSNBC and CBS and NBC and the rest of them that relentlessly, relentlessly attempt to essentially criminalize any opposition to the globalist, leftist, ruling class regime that has found a way to get on top in this country. And you're seeing the same stuff going on in Europe and the European Union. And they screw up the economy. There's energy shortages. You pay more for gas and for groceries and for your utility bills every month. We just talked to Brian about that and his 700-foot palace that he lives in, paying double now for his utility bills. Hmm. Yeah, they want us living in pods and eating bugs and subscribing to our free propaganda. You don't own anything. You're going to be happy. That's like describing a prison cell. It's a prison cell. And guess what? The prison guards are in prison, too. Hmm. At what point do we wake up? There we go. Death or glory. Yes, you got it, Blake. That's an old Clash tune. And do you know who it's covered by there? Do you know? Social D. Social D. Social Distortion. Mike Ness and the boys. Try to go see them whenever they come to town which is once in a while. We're still waiting for their new album. At any rate, yeah, I'm just, man, am I ever riffing tonight. You know, sometimes the synapses start clicking, the gray matter starts erupting, and next thing you know, you're talking about the evil bureaucrats and the administrative state and, like, life in American prison and all of that and how we want to avoid that. We've got to respect humans, respect people, up with people, let people make the choices. But no, the bureaucrats want to make them for you. The prison guards want to make your decisions for you. You will own nothing. You will not even own your own capacity to make decisions, and they say you will be happy. And how many Americans are up for that? I guess that is a question how many Americans do find freedom and liberty to be too much of a burden? They'd rather have somebody else lock them up and tell them what to do, what they can own, what they can say, and what they can think, especially if they want to feel good about themselves. Because self-esteem is very important. You want to feel good about yourselves. And the good people who run all those ads, 
and run all those news clips and news stories. They, they, they're, they, they're showing you how to feel good about yourself. And by the way, every time you turn on late-night comedy shows, you know, the late-night, I, I never do it, but every so often I'm at, the, I'm at the gym when those shows are on, and I kid you not, it's like the unfunny monologues of late-night comedy are written by people in the national security state. It's all propaganda designed to bash the bad people who might disagree with the regime and build up the good people who agree with the regime and agree with the bureaucrats. Yes, we can feel good about ourselves. And that's why those shows are not blooming funny at all anymore. There's no spontaneity. It's not like processed through some bureaucratic filter of non-comedy at this point, in my opinion. Let's say hello to artists. And artists, thanks for hanging on a minute, and glad you could stick through some of that bloviating I did. And what's going on over there? Well, we all need to bloviate. Well, it just amazes me that the Kamala, Kamala, whatever her name is, and Joe keep insisting on the fact that the last regime, the, you know, Trump, messed up the whole integration system, and so they have to fix it. It's like, do their people really believe that? No, it's, it's preposterous. At this point, they're just straight up lying. That was what Jen Psaki did on a daily basis. That's what oh. KJP is doing on a daily basis. And, you know, you have to, pre- you have to pretend notes. not to know stuff. It's a kind of lying is pretending oh. not to know. A lot of well, pretending then- going on in this country. Well, and the fact that Soros, who is a dual citizen communist, who we somehow think is an asset to our country, and he's getting all these federal judges in there that let people out of prisons. Yeah, crime. Crime is running rampant in this country under Democrat rule. How do you uh, like it, artists? I mean, it's, it's awful. It's yeah. Yeah. Defund and the police, said the Democrats. And then the Venezuelans are letting all their people out of prison so they can come up and cross our yep. border. Yep, they are. That they are. It just, it's scary. I mean, what's happening to America? We need to stand up and say, no, you're done. Bye. But, yep, but they think they've got you. They think they've got you. They've got uh, the media. They've, they've, they've got the government. And uh, who knows what else they've got. But they think you're essentially, they, they've got a rope around you. They can sort of strangle you all together. That, that's how they the think. The voting machine. Yeah, that, they, they think they've got it. And so they can do whatever oh. they want. Is there any accountability anymore? And the, the keep that little left. torch lit. People have got to be able to break through the propaganda and keep their minds free, even if they are locked up in a prison, and they've got to find a way mm-hmm. to get out of it. Find a way out. And we need to make sure that Dominion doesn't have control over our next election. Well, goodness sakes. And you know... Artists, you're not allowed to talk about that, just so you know. Well, 2016 was stolen, but 2020 was not stolen. you got to get that mm-hmm. through your head, artists, that you're not allowed to say that. Yeah. Just so you know. I'm not a Democrat. Matt, yeah. So, no, yeah. 2016, you can say that for four years, that the election was stolen. Yeah. It's mandatory to say that, but not 2020. So um, mm-hmm. you're not a very good prisoner, artist. I know. I don't fit that mold very well. Yes. <laughs> Well, I'm delighted to hear your voice and have you check in, artists, and uh, you keep your mind free over there. You're doing a pretty darn good job, if I do say. Okay. All right. You take care. Okay. All the best to you, artists out there. Artists is a 
I know a retired um, NICU nurse, neonatal intensive care unit nurse, who knows an awful lot about stuff, does Miss Artis. And maybe I have a moment to work in this little segment about how Hispanic voters are abandoning the Democratic Party. And it's a it's a really glorious thing to see. But you see, uh, the, the Democrats are saying that, oh, Hispanics are voting against their self-interest if they're leaving the Democratic Party. They're, why would they do that? They're voting against their own self-interest. My gosh. And um, so I, uh, I, uh, I think that uh, – where did I hide this one? Yeah, Sonny Hostin on The View brings this point out that why are Hispanics leaving? Well, I guess obviously they're clueless. Obviously they're stupid. They're not voting in their own self-interest. That's what's so interesting to me that there are so many um, Latinos that vote Republican because they vote against their own self-interest. If you really are interested in these types of issues, then you're a Democrat. Um, that is amazing to me. To see that, like, the intelligentsia says that uh, if you vote Republican, you're voting against your own self-interest if you're Hispanic. That is so condescending. Thank you, but I think individual voters out there can decide a little bit better about what their own self-interest is. And as I have said, I don't think it's in the self-interest of any voter in this country, much less Hispanic voters, to have a wide-open border, to have human trafficking and cartels running rampant around the border regions and elsewhere to have our fentanyl epidemic killing thousands of Americans every day, from what I'm hearing. Joe O'Day was talking about that on Fox News. Um, I don't think it's in the Hispanic self-interest to pay more for gas and groceries and utilities every month. And I don't think the Hispanic community, like every other community, is very interested in having the education elite sexualize our children with their bizarre and sick academic policies that amount to essentially grooming techniques. Weird. Anyway, over on MSNBC, you're seeing Paola Ramos come out and sound the alarm about, oh, Hispanics are abandoning the Democratic Party. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Oh, it's not there. We need to get J2 up on the screen. We'll save that one for a little bit later. But on this, we can listen to Joe Biden talk about the border. On the border, why is the border more overwhelmed under your watch, Mr. President? Because there are three countries that are never have There are fewer, there are fewer immigrants coming from Central America and from Mexico. This is a totally different circumstance. What's on my watch now is Venezuela. Yeah, Venezuela goes off on that. But let's hear that Joe O'Day, too, on fentanyl. Who want to label fentanyl as a weapon of mass destruction because sure. of the, the tragedies that are befalling American youth as a result of it coming across the border. But you, you insist that fentanyl and the border are inextricably linked. How? Oh, for sure. When you talk to uh, Chief of Police Paul Pazin from Denver, uh, Denver Police, uh, he'll tell you straight up that uh, the cartels are shipping that straight up I-25. It's killing our kids. It's a deeply personal issue for me. Uh, my wife and I have close friends that lost a 25-year-old beautiful daughter here a year and a half ago, and uh, really tragic. And so we've got to get our arms around this issue. We've got and to that's this Joe issue. O'Day on Fox News. Fentanyl is not in Hispanic self-interest. There we go. That's the cover 
of the 1977 Donna Summer song, I Feel Love, and that's done by Italian singer Giorgia. She's so famous in Italy, she only has one name, Giorgia. And we play that, of course, in honor of the new Giorgia Maloney. Has two names in your PM. You have to have two names. Who's the first female prime minister of Italy, and she's going to be putting Italy first. Faith, family, and country in Italy. And, oh, the globalists are panicking. The globalists are just upset. They're going to punish the Italian people. According to EU Commissar Ursula von der Leyen, they're going to punish them like they're trying to punish the Poles and the Hungarians. Those bureaucrats don't mess with their power. What they say goes. When they say democracy, they mean you got to vote how they tell you to vote. Can't you figure that out, Italian people? Can't you Americans figure it out? If you vote for the wrong person, you will be punished in this democracy we live in. Is that clear? Please understand and don't make us have to punish you again and again until you start getting the message. You fascists have to start voting the way we Democrats tell you to vote. Got it? At any rate... FBI whistleblower Kyle Serafin comes out and says a few cool things to Dan Bongino that I wanted to work into the record real quick before I hit the phone lines. We have a very big FBI problem in this country. Armed bureaucrats, the leftist fantasy, the enforcers of the Biden agenda. Rasmussen has a poll out. 53% of the American people say that, yes, the FBI is working as Biden's personal Gestapo. The raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago, unforgivable. Go down the list. But let's let's just hear this. I wanted to work this in. This is an FBI whistleblower. His name is Kyle Serafin. The Mar-a-Lago raid's been a particular With interest. Dan Bongino. Of course. Um, it's unprecedented. I mean, literally without precedent. We've never done this before. Um, regardless of anyone's personal politics, there have been paperwork disputes about this in the past. I'm yep. not asking you to comment on the politics at all. But... When FBI agents, specifically Christopher Ray and the management staff, that unquestionably are briefed in a high-profile case like this, do you think it even occurs to them that they're partaking in an act that's so overtly political and has a chance to change the politics of the United States moving forward for the negative? In other words, you think they're saying to them that Merrick Garland and DOJ, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea, or is it just we're going to be loyal little soldiers here and do what you tell us to do? I... I don't want to speculate on anyone else's motivation. Sure. I know what I look I at, right? Um, I've got friends that I don't, I don't speak to after that. I assume they were part of it. It's like, I don't know what happened, but you guys forgot to throw the BS flag on that. You asked me to go raid uh, President Obama's house. You asked me to go raid President Bush's house. It's not happening. They, yeah. I'm sorry, it's not happening. I'm not doing that. And I'm going to probably be pretty vocal. That's probably going to be my last day. It's not going to happen. So we had a lot of people that said yes. And I think that so much compliance got done. We talked uh, briefly. Here's, here's what I'll kind of share as my last kind of concern. Every single FBI agent has to go to the Holocaust Museum for a full day um, when we're in the academy. And they have a special program. I don't know if you've ever been to it, but it's well worth your time. If you're a law enforcement officer, you should definitely go. Go through the Holocaust Museum and see the piece they do for law enforcement specific. It's a walking tour. It's uh, looking through the lens of how did this atrocity take place? And the only way it takes place is minor government officials are on board 
and local law enforcement and state law enforcement and federal law enforcement has to say yes. Because if anybody refuses to get with the program, it doesn't happen. And the answer, I'm just following orders, the Nuremberg piece, it doesn't, it, it doesn't fly. We know better. Like, that's the whole point of history. We're supposed to be able to see that. That's why every agent has to go to that, that day. We're supposed to know that if they ask you to do something that's illegal, immoral, or unethical, following orders is not an excuse. Armed bureaucrats, the FBI, an agency just crying out to be dismantled as it serves only the power interests of the ruling class of Joe Biden, of criminalizing dissent, of manufacturing hoaxes in this country. And what was going on at January 6th? Jamie Raskin, Democrat, doesn't even know Ray Epps, doesn't even know who Ray Epps is, pretends to not know Ray Epps right now. Myself and three members of this committee, Chip, Roy, Ken Buck, and Tom McClintock, issued a statement urging people not to come here to accept the results of the electors. And so today I don't have an ideological axe to grind either. I find it odd that you all are defending one of the people who assaulted the Capitol. Defending who? Ray Epps. I, I, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. That's you, the resolution. Okay, well, I'll reclaim my time here. The, the, the GOP side has... Yeah, that's Democrat Jamie Raskin. Uh, reclaim my time. I'm going to reclaim my time. Remember when they did that whole hearing? I'm reclaiming my time. Anyway, he says, I don't know what you're talking about. Ray Epps? Don't know what you're talking about. Well, he's only like the smoking gun of the January 6th scenario. How many feds were out there? Was Ray Epps a fed? They said they were going to release his testimony. They said he was interviewed, but they haven't done it. And now they're claiming they don't even know who he was. Yeah, that's your Democrats and wash it all right under the rug, huh? Well, uh, let's uh, let's start saying some hellos. And Jack in Wyoming. Welcome, Jack. How you been, my good man? I've been good. Glad uh, to hear it. As good as I can be. Yeah, uh, two things. What's, what's, kind of, what's kind of nice, and you've hit on it a little bit, Democrats have always been the party of the stupid, and they're squandering it. Everybody's starting to wake up thanks to people like yourself and, and the others. But they can't count on stupidity carrying them in the future like they always have. And that's kind of it's kind of nice to see that disappear. But the other thing was you'd also mentioned Gary Hart. And my wife, my late wife, I should say, yes, was a very good friend of his wife. And I think it was around '88 or '89 when that took place with that what was it, Susan Rice or whatever. Donna and Rice, remember, the monkey business, yeah. Donna Rice, yeah. I can remember my wife saying repeatedly how bad she felt about that because. Like I said, she was a good friend of his wife. Yeah. And, uh, but that's what Democrats are. I mean, that's exactly what they are. I mean, that's what all the Kennedys were. You know? I mean, they weren't Fitzgeralds. They were Joe Kennedys. They were, they were, they were trailer trash. Right. That's what Democrats are. Well, Plain and simple. I was just analogizing that Joe Biden said, watch me. Watch me in office. I'm not getting too old to do this. Where kind of like when Gary Hart said, <laughs> go ahead and follow me and watch me. I, I'm a squeaky clean kind of guy. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's out there in the monkey business. And again, I say that with respect to Gary Hart because I actually think he's a he's a thoughtful guy in a lot of ways. So I'm not trying to bring that up in that way to like you know somehow score a cheap points on Gary Hart, who I actually respect some no, of his writings and some of his books that he's put out. On he's like a Jefferson obsessive, which I I salute the man. I wish there was more Democrats like Gary Hart these days. 
But these days, it's all military, yeah. industrial complex, warmonger, Liz Cheney types who's actually really yeah. a Democrat. So. Yes. The only, the only two Democrats in my entire life that I've ever had any admiration for is Harry Truman and Sam Nunn. They're the only two. What about JFK? I could ever... Oh, no, absolutely not. No, absolutely no, you don't not. go there on JFK. Because, huh. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he was... He, he was he he was he was Joe Kennedy's son, but no question about it. But he wanted no, to splinter the CIA Bobby into a Kennedy. thousand pieces. He uh, JFK despised the uh, the national security state, which could have played yeah. into his demise. Some people say. Anyway, I'm just throwing out. There's a few pros about JFK. Um, can't think of any pros no, about Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter writes some good poetry, but uh, that's that's about <laughs> it for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's glad that Biden showed but up anyway. to be the worst president in history. Yes, he relieved him of that title. Yes, absolutely, yes. no question about it. Yes, the indeed. contest is no longer exclusively his. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack, bless you up Bye, there in man. Wyoming, and I salute you again for getting Liz Cheney unelected in Wyoming. Well done, my man. Let's stay close. Thoughts to you in your family scenario right now. Prayers to your late wife as well, Jack. Thank you, my man. And here's the Paola, Paolo Ramos quote from uh, Hispanics leaving the Democratic Party. The MSNBC is sounding the alarm. And then suddenly here comes Mayra Flores with this message. And she makes the case that, look, I look like you. I sound like you. I look like you. I'm from the border. I was born in Mexico. Puedo hablar español. You no longer have to vote for Democrats. No, you don't have to do that. And it worked. She won in a district that Joe Biden won by four points. She won by almost twice as much. Now, really, the elephant in the room, no, the question is, where was the DNC? Yeah, where was the DNC as the Democrats are losing Hispanic voters galore? Myra Ramos done segments on her over the last several months. Hispanic Republican puts Texas first congresswoman. Oh, yeah. Faith, family, freedom. I, I, where, where are Hispanics on this abortion issue, by the way, Democrats? You're talking about abortion, extreme abortion, afterbirth abortion. Ah, Hispanics? No, thanks. There we go. You say by Lauren Daigle. That was probably her biggest hit in recent years, by the way. She has a new album coming out. She just told the crowd at Red Rocks, I was there on Wednesday night, that she's finally wrapped up in the studio, and a new album will be forthcoming soon. I think she's America's greatest current pop gospel faith singer. And boy, that night at Red Rocks brought the whole family. We were all sitting there, and it was a rainy, cold, sleety, foggy, misty mountain night at Red Rocks. And it added to the mystical vibes. It added to the faith vibes to have the fog and the mist. Into the Mystic, but that's a Van Morrison song. But uh, it was a wonderful evening. And looking forward to Lauren Daigle's next album coming out. Quick quote here. Novak Djokovic, the world's greatest tennis player. You know, banned from playing in the U.S. Open and the Australian Open because he won't get the vaccine. Anyway, he has this quote, said this last week. Quote, I am not up to what we see today in almost all modern countries in our so-called democratic civilization. 
more than politics, they seem like corporate interest to me. I am not prepared to talk about politics, but as a neutral observer, I say that we lost true democracy many years ago. Today, business matters more, <clears throat> matters more, partisan interest, and I don't find myself there. End quote. And by the way, that quote is about fascism, is it not? The people that say, oh, our democracy, our democracy. Well, they're the ones who are all about corporatism. And what is corporatism? That is what fascism, the marriage between government and corporations. Novak Djokovic, I think that's that's a neutral observer. I, too, am a neutral observer. I'm neutral. I'm a moderate. I'm a healthcare professional. That's what I do. Neutral observer here. And by the way, Joe Biden talking about, uh, yeah, you got to, Got to go after these MAGA people. Got to fight these MAGA people. But yeah, guess who just got killed? A 18-year-old MAGA young man, Kaylor Ellingson. Why don't we hear Jesse Waters talk about this one? Joe Biden's been on the war path since he was sworn in. He said, you know, better than a terrorist, called you a fascist. And if you question an election, knock, knock, it's the FBI. And today he told his crazy base to, quote, fight back against extreme MAGA Republicans. This comes just days after Kaylor Ellingson, a teenager, was murdered for being a Republican. 41-year-old Shannon Brandt ran him over with his SUV. Why? Because Brandt thought the 18-year-old was an extremist Republican, and he was afraid for his life. Yeah. He confessed to cops. He killed him. Political violence after Joe Biden tells his crazy base to fight, 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 his crazy extreme base, the extreme Joe Biden tells his base to fight. Next thing you know, a young MAGA 18-year-old great guy is run down by some Democrat in North Dakota. And the media won't cover it. The media won't cover it. You see that? If there was any political violence the other way, it would be wall-to-wall coverage, but not this That's where the real violence is from the fascists on top. Make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen. I'm leaving a lot of stuff on the table tonight, like the Amish and how they handled COVID. I'll save that one about the virtues of being Amish. And Trump did talk about Kaylor Ellingson, the sad fate of Kaylor Ellingson in his massive Wilmington, North Carolina rally. I won't play that one, but I think... What if we go out with just a little bit of Trump as he closed out that massive rally last night in North Carolina? Let's just hear a little bit of this, if we if we could. But now we are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in 50 years and where the stock market finished the worst first half of the year since 1872. Likewise, we are a nation that has the highest energy costs in its history. We are no longer energy independent or energy dominant as we just were two very short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, and many other countries for oil. Please, please, please help us, says Joe Biden. And we have more liquid gold right under our feet than any other country. 
We are a nation that is consumed by the radical left's Green New Deal, yet everyone knows that the Green New Deal will lead to our destruction. We are a nation whose leaders are demanding all electric cars, even though they can't go far, cost too much, and whose batteries are produced in China with materials only available in China when unlimited amounts of gasoline are available inexpensively right under our feet in the United States, but not available anywhere in China. We are a nation that ended oil exploration and production in the United States just as the price of oil reached an all-time high. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment anywhere in the world. And we are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people. And it will only get worse. It would never have happened with me as your commander in chief. And for four long years, it didn't happen. And China with Taiwan is next. And again, this is Trump's closing remarks last night at his rally in Wilmington, North Carolina. Let's put America first like they're doing in Italy. Oh, it's great. And as we go out, why don't we hear one more? It's Backbone Radio. It's Matt Dunn. I'll be back if I can, if this doesn't run too long. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've got a federal bureau of investigation that won't allow bad election-changing facts to be presented to the public where Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation when they knew it wasn't. And the Department of Justice that refuses to investigate egregious acts of voting irregularities and fraud. And we have a president who is cognitively impaired and in no condition to lead our country, which may very well end up in World War III. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is all you get, and they are the enemy of the people, where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it has taken from us to build a military to rival our own. And just two years ago, we had Iran, China, Russia, and North Korea in check. They weren't going to do a thing against us, and everyone knows it. There we go. And Trump at his rallies, he's adding music to some of his closing remarks. And I've got a few more closing remarks, musical clips, but we won't have time for those tonight. We do yearn for some leadership in this country to put America first, do we not, ladies and gentlemen? Hey, it's been great being in Saddle Pals. I will be out next Sunday, but we'll be either having a guest host or replaying 
maybe uh, just a little little thing to do next Sunday. But what a great program this evening, and we'll talk to you then.